Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans. Welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, August 14th. Watch to get to. Of course, we'll be talking about the anticipation for the Bucks opening up with their preseason game tonight. It's Cincinnati. Of course, the Rays on the roll that they've been will wrap up the Olympics and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly that happened in sports this week. We'll be right back to get the show started. You're listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. There's a lot going on at the Landing Bar and Grill in Valrico. There's great food at the Landing featuring several signature landing-only specialties like shareable appetizers, seafood, flatbread, salads, wings, pasta, pizza, burgers, gluten-free, keto-friendly, kid-friendly, dog-friendly, desserts, craft beer and cocktails and a lot more and if you're looking for entertainment we've got it national holidays food events live music karaoke cornhole and live team trivia check out our full menu on facebook or online at thelandingvalrico.com sports is back and we've got that too the landing bar and grill off lithia Pinecrest in valrico the landing bar and grill land as strangers depart as friends now now back to the show back to the jimmy b sports show on power 90.1 welcome back to the jimmy b Sports Show. The Olympics are over. The United States on the last day was able to bypass China for the gold medals. So we actually finished with 39 gold medals. China had 38. Overall, we kicked everyone's butt. We had 113 total. China finished with 88. Russia, 71. Great Britain, 65. And then it went down from there. So I think that the Olympics were overall a success. Um, I had my my doubts going into everything, if they would even be able to get them in with everything that was going on with the virus and the, the protests out there. And, you know, I guess the weather was hellacious as well, but they did. Um, congratulations to uh, Japan and Tokyo for uh, putting on a good show, the opening ceremonies and closing ceremonies. Without fans there, it's very difficult to do, but they... Um, found a way to do it, and congratulations to them. On the uh, United States side, you know, we had a couple athletes as well that deserve some mention. You had Caleb Dressel, of course, with swimming. He, uh, he had a total of five medals. All of them were gold. So great job, Caleb, as well as um, uh, Katie Ledecky had four medals. Two of them were gold and uh, two were silver. So uh, the, the, whole, the whole U.S. team did well, obviously. You don't win all the medals that they did without having a great overall team, not just one sport, but all the sports. Uh, what was your favorite sport to watch? I can tell you that I enjoyed, of course, the basketball. I enjoyed watching the golf. Uh, I enjoyed the shooting events as well, especially some of the uh, skeet um, shooting the clays. I, I found that interesting. We did well on that. It was nice to see that the Americans one of the majority of the uh, the shooting events. So whatever that means, but that was good to see. So we'd love to hear your comments. What were your favorite events to watch uh, at the Olympics this time around? Are you looking forward to the Winter Olympics? Of course, they'll be in about, I think, six months because this is... Uh, uh, the 2022 scheduled this event we just had this summer was from last year if you remember it was cancelled or postponed I should say so uh, we're going to have another one in about six months and uh, we'll have our team over there again trying to win some winter Olympic gold medals so again great job to everyone involved 
I did not see any major issues over there. Uh, I did not see any type of demonstrations or uh, anything else that um, you know took away the shine of the Olympics. So overall, that was great. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about some baseball. Of course, we have the Rays. What can you say about them right now? I mean, first place as we open up a series this weekend. The, the Rays had a great week. If you look at their team right now, um, they're a team that not only is it sitting on top of the American League East, but you know we have a team that keeps on defying the odds, whether it be scoring runs, the most runs in the league between the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Um, now, even when we lose, for example, we got routed by the Red Sox 20 to 8 the other night. How many teams do you know score eight runs and lose by 12? It doesn't happen all that often. So we're putting up some runs and, you know, our record right now going into the weekend, uh, the first American League team to win 70 games. We're sitting at 70 and 45 Five game lead over the Red Sox, seven over the Yankees. Uh, I would never say a comfortable lead because that American League East is so tough that uh, whether you're talking about uh, the, the Sox or the Yankees, Toronto for that matter, uh, Baltimore is out of it this year, it appears. But, you know, it's going to come down to Boston, New York. And us for the American League East, I'm more concerned with the Yankees right now than I am with Boston. It seems to me that the Yankees are starting to find their stride a little bit, uh, finding a way to win. So it should be an interesting weekend. I know as we start this weekend, we go against the, the Twins. We'll see what happens with them. But, you know, Franco had a great two-run homer in the sixth inning uh, as we won the, the Thursday night, I believe, or, what, or Wednesday night. We won. Um, it, it, we're finding ways to be able to go out there and win. And again, I'd love for you to tell me who our pitching staff consists of. What's, what's our rotation? Because if you know uh, you're ahead of the game, because our rotation is whether it be, you know, you have Yarbrough on the COVID now, so you're back and forth with everything. Um yeah, it's tough to really say who the starting pitcher is going to be some days. But what you can say is that whether we put in there six relief pitchers, um, we still have a chance to win the game. And that's the whole idea. When you have the bats that are coming alive the way they have here the last uh, couple of weeks, you really can't um, say enough about how this team is going out there and starting to hit their stride at the right time. Like I mentioned, we do have 70 wins. Um, Meadows, 77 RBIs right now. Lau, 26 home runs. Uh, he's hitting home runs uh, when you least expect it anymore. Randy, a Rosarina, batting 271. Uh, he seems to be coming into uh, his own right now as well. So, and again, we can go up and down the line, whether you're talking about those three guys, you're talking about Diaz or Wendell's, um, Margot out there in right field, Kiermaier, uh, I'm telling you before it's all over, Kiermaier is going to have a lot to say about how this team ends up this year. I just feel it for some reason that as the um, season progresses, he's going to be out there and have some games 
huge games that are going to come up in wins. Can't say enough about Franco right now. Uh, he seems to, the bigger the moment with Franco, the better it is for him because it seems to me that he gets locked in with that laser focus when he has to and more times than not comes up with a big hit. His fielding, it's, it's like I said, he's used to playing third or, or sh- they're having him at short now a little bit. So, you know, you, you have players out there that you can put the next guy in. You know, I want to see Wendell in the lineup. I mean, Wendell, he's, he's, he's batting, I believe, you know, almost 280. We need his bat in there. So whether you put him at third and, um, you know, you put Franco at short, whatever it might be, you know, Zunino, you talk about him and you talk about Mejia. What a great tandem they are behind the plate this, this year. Not just calling the games for our pitching staff, but, at the plate. I, I don't think Tampa has ever had a year where the catchers have had as much uh, offensive output as we've had this year. So hats off to those two guys. You know, you talk about um, Cruz now with the team. Um, you know, a lot of people are down on him. He hasn't done anything huge yet. And, you know, again, he's, it takes a little bit of a time. He'll be fine. And, I'll tell you what, I would say this coming week, he's going to get a hit. He's going to win the game for us. And all of a sudden, people are going to be on his bandwagon. He is someone that a lot of the players on the team can learn from because we're a very young team. We're a very good team, very talented team. We have some very good baseball players. But you need to have that leader in the clubhouse or in the dugout sometimes that has been there that's been around for a while that can go out there and offer their experience on how to conduct yourself or what to do in a certain situation and I really think that Cruz is that person and then you have of course you have Dredd Phillips out there what can you say about him he's hitting home runs like um Brady's making completions to um, Mike Evans in preseason. So he's out there. He's on fire. Uh, He is contagious. And it just goes to show you that attitudes are contagious, whether it's good attitude or bad attitude, enthusiasm or lack of enthusiasm. He right now is the leader in that clubhouse in getting the team going. If you have to, you know, fire the team up somehow, you know, tell a joke, fall on your face, whatever it might be, act like a helicopter out there like he does, whatever it takes, he seems to find a way to go out there and keep that team going. G-Man Choi, you can talk about him. He has some, he puts games together. Well, he can have three or four hits in a game. All of a sudden, he uh, he's a good glove over there at first base as well. So I really appreciate everything that he does. Uh, we have about 50 games left, I believe. Every one of them is important. So, you know, whether you, um, you know, we're playing the Twins, whether you're playing them, whether you're playing someone in your division, whether you're playing um, a Seattle in the other division, whatever it might be, we have to find a way to get wins like we've been. And I'm confident that we're going to. So your questions, comments, 877-448-7901. You can go to JimmyBSports.com. We'll be right back to keep the show going on Power 90.1. 
The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at thepropertyshopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back to the Jimmy B Sports Show, fans. Again, the number is 877-448-7901. You can go to jimmybsports.com and send me an email. Let me know what your thoughts are on the Bucks season. Before we talk some football, I want to touch on the Field of Dreams baseball game that was on Thursday night between the Yankees and the White Sox in um, Iowa. (laughs) Here's a good trivia question for you. Who's the only team that has lost a Major League Baseball game in Iowa? Answer is the Yankees. There you go. So as far as the game went, the game was just as good as the setting. The setting, if you remember back in 1989, I guess it was, Kevin Costner had the movie Field of Dreams, the cornfield out there in Iowa where all the old timers came out, Shoeless Joe Jackson and you know all the greats, and they actually played out there in that field. Well, Major League Baseball definitely got it right this time. I know I give them a, a bunch of grief for some of the things and um what they put in place sometimes, but I have to say what they did to be able to get this game to um, play out like they did on Thursday night was just, I think simply uh, spectacular. So you had Costner coming out before the game, walking on the field, looking in amazement at everything says the word perfect. And then you have Yankees players and White Sox players walking out out of the corn fields onto the onto the uh, playing field like in the movie. Uh, it was really I don't know I, I thought it was really a great thing to see in a time where there's so many issues with everything. Um, it was nice to see something get done in a manner that um, made you enjoy. It felt like a minor league game, but you had major league players playing that game. It was a minor league setting, I should say, with major league players out there playing. And you know what I noticed? A lot of times before the game, they were showing uh, the players, and a lot of times you'll see them on their phones or whatnot, or um, they were just taking it all in. They were in as much amazement as um, you know some of the fans were. They did let about nine 9,000 fans, I believe, into the game. $375 a ticket, I think it was. Um, but it, I, they definitely, the players were taking it all in. A lot of players never even saw the movie. And I'll get to that in a second. But um, so the whole the whole prelude to it was great. The buildup was great. And they had the throwback uniforms. And it was it was a great setting. But I'll tell you what, the game itself was, was just as good, if not better. It definitely had a Hollywood scripted ending. So you go through the game and, you know, it's, it's one nothing. White Sox, they score first. And both teams scored a bunch of runs in the third inning. Uh, five to three. White Sox in the third. They scored two more in the fourth. So it's seven to three um, up until about the... 
sixth inning, then it was seven to four. We get to the ninth inning. All of a sudden, the Yankees are able to score multiple times on a couple home runs. So you had um, the, uh, Stanton, Stanton homer to left, and um, after he homered, then you uh, uh, let me go back for a second. Judge homered to right. And then Stanton homered after that in the ninth. So the score is eight to seven Yankees going into the bottom of the ninth inning. And then Tim Anderson homered to right in the bottom of the ninth inning for the White Sox to win the game. Walk off home run into the cornfields. How about that? Script that one up if you want. So all in all, and you know what's funny? I was looking back a little bit and I think that the last time the White Sox beat the Yankees, in a walk-off fashion like that was in 1919 when this game was played, when this Field of Dreams thing was uh, put together. Anyway, so I thought it was kind of uh, ironic about the whole thing. Major League Baseball did a great job in putting it together. They said that they're going to have another game next year out there in the same spot. Um, I, I guess that's good. I don't know if it can touch this one. So part of me says I wish they were just... They'll you know, have what they had on Thursday and then you know, end it and do something else maybe. But uh, I guess it would be nice to see if they put a couple other teams there. Uh, so that was, that was the Field of Dreams. Again, um, if you want to talk about that or your thoughts on it, one of the things, I'll, I'll take this away from that. A lot of players that are playing never even saw the movie. For example, the person that hit the home run to win the game, the star of the game, Tim Anderson, who was pretty much going to be the face of baseball, up-and-coming standout, he, no, he never saw the game. So it was something that may bring the next generation into baseball, if you will. Uh, obviously, the, the old-timers uh, no, have that... Have that um, memory to remember some of the players and everything from the actual movie but obviously the people that are playing these these days in their 20s they don't so it may bring in a whole new um batch of people to take interest in watching the baseball games which is what it's all about so again your thoughts on that 877-448-7901 talk a little bit about the bucks now i think that uh if you're watching that this is the first week of of preseason football thursday night you had a couple of games uh you had the eagles playing pittsburgh you had the patriots um they were playing so it's going to be interesting uh, of course preseason football i, I really think that what you want to do is be able to see some of the players that have a shot at making the team that are kind of up in the air about, you know, management. Are they going to make it or not? Let them go in there and play and see what they can do. You want to be able to shake some of the rust off of your starters without getting anyone hurt. And that's the key caveat, in my opinion, is not getting anyone hurt. So you put them in there for a series, maybe well, two series, depending on what it might be. Typically, the uh, third preseason game is when you get more players playing longer, the starters playing a little bit longer. So we'll see what happens. With the Bucks playing tonight against Cincinnati, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if Brady, he may go out there for the first series with the starters. Um, all, all indicators say that he's 
feeling great, no uh, issues from the knee surgery he had in the off season. And he uh, said he's the best he's felt in 14 years, not wearing any type of um, sleeves or anything. So it'll be interesting. I think that uh, personally, I would hope that he stays out of the game. We don't need him out there. Um, just get ready for the regular season because it's a long enough season. It'll be 17 games this year. So I would, I would think that, you know, someone of his caliber doesn't need to go out there in the preseason. Certainly nothing to prove. But uh, like I said, preseason football games, you had Mac Jones last night. He looked pretty darn good in the Patriots debut. Uh, Haskins, when he came in, he looked good for the Steelers. And, um, you know, you look at the Eagles with Jalen Hurts, first year they're going to be starting. They're putting all the chips in with him. Flacco, of course, is the backup. I thought Flacco looked just as good, if not better, than Hurts. For some reason, I'm still not sold on Hurts until he can go out there and win a game with his arm. I'm just totally not sold on uh Jalen Hurts, great person, good leader. Hopefully he does he does good for the Eagles, but I'm just not sold on that yet. I do think that um, you're going to have Mac Jones eventually being the starter for the Patriots. I don't think he'll start the first game, obviously. You have Cam Newton in there, and I think there's be a learning process for Jones. He's one of the people, he strikes me as someone who was very content on not being you know, drafted higher up in the first round. I think he went, what, 14th or 15th. He uh, strikes me as someone who's um, very adamant about learning the system, learning from the players there and um, taking everything in. And then when it's his time to go, go in there and excel. And I think he's going to have a good career. The question will be is if he can take uh, all his winning ways from Alabama onto the field up there in Foxborough. I know that the fans up there in Foxborough will definitely embrace him if he's able to go out there and show some promise. Because I do believe that you know, the Patriots don't draft quarterbacks. I think they may have drafted Bledsoe last time, but they typically go, don't go out there and draft quarterbacks. So I think that um, it'll be interesting and they're ready to get behind someone. And if he can go out there and um, impress his teammates, impress the coaching staff, he should go out there and get some play. So uh, the Bucks playing, like I said, the Bengals tonight. I don't expect to see the starters playing much at all. If they do, like I said, maybe a series, two series at the most, and that should be it. They really don't need to, like I said, stay healthy and just get ready for the first game. I think it's on September 9th. Anyway, 877-448-7901. Your thoughts? Give me a call. Email me. We'll be right back to keep the show going on Power at 90.1. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. 
Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 
But it's getting to the point where it's going to be frustrating where you go up to the game, you have to have a, a piece of paper or something showing that you were vaccinated against um, COVID or you were tested within the last 72 hours and, and, and proved negative. And it's not just these football games, but it's the same thing right now. You see a lot of this taking place in restaurants, gyms, sports complexes, um, concerts, events, you know, everything, whether it be in New Orleans and New York um, or to a neighborhood coming to you because it's, it's coming to everywhere in the country right now. And as these cases increase, you really don't know what uh, the outcome is going to be. So I don't think there's a right answer, but if you have an outdoor football stadium like we do down here, I would sure hope that there aren't any mandates put in place where we have to go and show proof of anything other than our license to go buy a, a, a cold beverage at the stadium if you want to get an adult beverage um, and you, you may not be, uh, you know, look like you're 21 years old, even though they card everyone, which is a good thing. So I want to throw that out there. I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on if it's a good thing or if it's not necessary to do what the Saints have put in place right now. Now, they're the first team. There's going to be other teams. I'm telling you, it's going to, um, by the time we talk, next time you'll have more teams doing the same thing. Uh, a lot of players have been uh, vaccinated. There are some players that have not been vaccinated. You can read about the ones that have it. We'll talk about that a little bit more next time as well. Um, again, whatever you choose to do, I think, is the correct way of going forward. Being forced to do something doesn't really sit well with me uh, for any reason at all. So, uh, again, love to hear your thoughts. And again, un unfortunately, that's all the time that we have right now. Hopefully, the Bucks will be able to uh, pull off a good showing at the game. Whether they win or lose today, it doesn't really much matter as long as no one gets hurt and they're able to see some things and some players that they're looking for. Hopefully, the Rays have a great weekend against the Twins, expand our lead in American League West, American League East, and hopefully the storm there that we're supposed to get goes out to uh, a different area and doesn't affect us. As always, stay safe, stay vigilant, above all, stay positive. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Dreamy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.